Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. As you can see, I'm talking today. I've never even heard this topic covered before. <laughs> so fasten your seatbelts. But what to do when the revival in your church comes to an end? Wow. Well, you know what? It's no secret that all revivals do have a lifespan. Uh, you know, we understand that we're to go from revival and it's to spill out into the street to transform society and disciple people groups. The goal is to awaken believers, see all kinds of awesome God stuff, get filled up and go out. And for various reasons, as we've discussed in earlier videos, revivals do have somewhat of a lifespan. Some have gone on for many years, some are just for a season, some are for a particular emphasis in a season, and things change and, and God doesn't want any particular geographical location to become the Mecca that that is that's where God is and nowhere else. So he allows revivals to start and revivals to finish. Now the big question is, if you're a church that's experienced the move of God, whether you called it renewal or there was a season of great outpouring, what do you do when that comes to an end? Now, on what authority am I talking about this? Well, we personally experienced a great outpouring of the Lord a number of years ago that lasted for seven to eight years. I was giving leadership to uh, <clears throat> our youth and young adult ministry and the outpouring happened and the church moved into it and it had great impact. But I will never forget the funk and confusion I was in when that thing began to slowly die. You know what, I often say that God just sucked the life right out of the room because it was like things began to change. It just wasn't what it was before. And I made the young, youthful zeal mistake of just trying to reproduce old glory. And that was a messy season. <laughs> I thought if I just can do the things I did before and that we did before, we could keep this thing going because after all, what's better than gathering as many people as you can into the building and shake, rattle, roll, experience the Holy Ghost, get blessed and just do it all over again as many nights as possible. <clears throat> what could be greater than that? Well, I didn't know there was something greater than that. And for those of you who know my journey, you know that we began to experience our greatest season of fruitfulness after the revival had taken place. I would say it this way, we actually saw our greatest season of societal impact and outreach out there uh, than we had ever seen. And then from there, I was able to now go around the world and help churches not worry so much about how many people are in the building, but begin to focus on how much kingdom they can get out there. Begin to focus on equipping their people to be effective out there. One of the things that I had to make the shift in was the harsh reality that as great as those services were, our city was not changed. They still barely knew we existed. The Christian community knew we existed. We had churches, other groups, bussing in people to attend these awesome services, but the city was not necessarily changed. 
You will even hear uh, John Arnott of the Toronto Airport Revival said we had pastors and believers flying in from all over the world and lining up at the doorstep of their church, but the city of Toronto was not transformed. And we could hardly say that our nation was discipled or Great Commission uh, fulfilled. That, that's my quote at the end there. We experienced this as well. The city just was not impacted by the great glory we were having in our meetings. With the frustration and all of that, the Lord had to take me through a deep death. I had to first of all die to, to the desire to have big numbers in the church and build this kind of Mecca that all should see. This is the example of, of how you do it. I had to die to that. I had to begin to care about the people out there just as much as I cared about who showed up to our church. I had to begin to care not so much about who came to hear Derek speak, but I had to care about awakening and equipping those people in our church to go out and speak. I came to a realization that, well, there were several shocks. I'll give you three of them. Number one, my first shock was that my, what I thought was great preaching, wasn't changing the world. <clears throat> Just let that sink in. My great preaching wasn't transforming our society. Yes, it pastored and managed and cared for and awakened some things in the people in our church, but my preaching of sermons, no matter how I promoted them on the web or the church sign, wasn't changing the world. The second shock that the Lord led me into was that the environment we had, the wonderful environment we had in our church, <clears throat> was not necessarily the environment that our church members were going home to. The environment at home sometimes had abuse, addiction, inability to study the word, didn't know how to pray, all kinds of challenges they faced when they walked out those doors. The environment in our church was wonderful. Worship team ready to go, smell of coffee and bagels being toasted Sunday morning, great fellowship, great preaching, all of it made for a wonderful Sunday morning environment. And that's what church is for. We shouldn't change that. But I discovered that many people were going out those doors without the ability to reproduce that environment or a godly environment in their own homes and workplaces. The third shock I had related to character. <clears throat> Not everybody behaved out there the way they did on a Sunday morning. There was often dualistic lifestyle, character issues, people living double lives. Not everybody, but there was the, the sin issue. When God allowed me to have these three shocks, I realized that I needed to add something to the Sunday morning experience. Even though we were still having pretty much great services, there had to be more than just what's the next great service or conference. That's when the Lord graciously had mercy on me <clears throat> and introduced me to the power of systematic training and equipping. Intense training, specially choreographed equipping. When we began to add this to the local church Sunday morning spirit-filled services, the results were explosive. So now we weren't just waiting for revival to visit us again as we did what we always did each service, but now we were holding one day a month training, three day a month training, specialized choreographed training and equipping that awakened people's personal callings, awakened in them the sphere of influence they were to have out there, and then we were able to send them in a strategic way. <clears throat> By adding training and equipping, 
to our local church Sunday morning experience. Man, everything changed. So we kept going, having spirit-filled services. We love our Sunday mornings. We celebrate on Sundays what God is doing. But these specially equipped people, we began to send out and they were bringing new converts into the church. They were bringing testimonies into the church. They were bringing societal influence into the church. So some services, yes, we filled up the altar with move of Holy Ghost and, and the things that we love so much, the laying on of hands, <clears throat> impartation, prophecy. But some Sundays after the service, we didn't have that. We filled up the altar with a lineup of people who were sharing and testifying how God was using them out there in the community. Well, we began to have explosive results. We not only saw people begin to lead people to Christ who never did before, but we saw an influx of new people coming to the church, being anointed, being trained, being equipped, being awakened to their destiny, and the city began to be impacted. We began to see traces of the Great Commission fulfilled. We saw different people groups, the seven mountains of society, begin to be impacted. In fact, the mayor of our city at that time was so blown away by the influence we were having in the city, he presented us with an award and said, he had a certificate and everything, and said, we welcome you as a movement in our city of transformation. To his shock, when he showed up to the event where he was to present us with this award, there were only about 13 people there with their spouses and families. <laughs> we had only put through 13 people through the training and equipping process. <clears throat> but because those 13 were so excellently trained and equipped properly, they were sent out, their ministries and lives had such systemic influence in the community. The community thought our church was everywhere. I discovered the secret to going beyond the four walls. It's the fire of revival inside the church, and it's the equipping and sending and transformation outside of the church. You really can merge the both and. So, Pastor, if your revival has come to an end, if things have begun to peter off a bit, maybe God is trying to show you another side of the coin. It's both and. Maybe it's time to begin to train people to bring revival out there. Maybe it's time to send them in a systematic way. We began to raise up what we call transformation councils, cell groups specifically targeted towards the seven mountains of society. This was hugely influential. <clears throat> we would have never thought of this and never strategically gone out into society if God had left us in just the service after service, bless me, great glory, all of that. As great as that is, we don't want either or, we want both and. But if God had left us there, we would have just kept having great services over and over again, hoping one day somehow our city would be changed. And God showed us how to strategically do it. If your revival comes to an end, it means it's the beginning of a greater glory. Unless you've stopped the revival, unless the devil has stopped it, if things begin to change or shift in your church, if the winds are blowing a different way, it's time to bunker in, fast and pray, and find out what God is saying for the next season. He doesn't want to leave your church. He's not fleeing the building. 
He's not rejecting you. Holy Spirit hasn't left your, your building and left you alone. I remember that feeling of saying, God, where do we go from here? Have I sinned? Have I angered you? Have I grieved you? What did we do to lose you? How do we? I didn't understand that when God withdraws a few feet ahead, you've got to be able to shift and pivot and go with him to where the next level of glory is. I discovered that glory is not just found in your church services. There is glory found in feeding homeless people. There is glory found in taking care of the single mother. There is glory found in impacting the political arena. There is glory found in introducing curriculum to the education system. That's where the glory is. That's why he said, is this the fast I've chosen? You got the sackcloth, all the spiritual activities you're doing. He said, no, the fast I have chosen, meaning the spiritual activities I have chosen and desire. The acceptable fast is that you take care of the poor, the single mother, the fatherless. That's what God considers to be great glory. Pure and undefiled religion is this. And in Psalm 82, he says, Have I not told you you are God's? Lowercase g meaning you're to function like me. You're to do on earth what I would do if I was in your shoes. Haven't I told you to, to take care of the needy, to set free the oppressed, to take care of the single mom and meet the needs of your community? <laughs> Schneiderian paraphrase there, but that's what God was calling God-like function in the earth. Woo! I can't go down this road, it's for another video. But if your great services shift or change, or if the winds begin to blow differently, get ready for the new level of glory. A greater paradigm, a greater box, a, a, a blowing out of the walls of the box. Get ready for God to do a new thing. Celebrate it. Say, Lord, where's the glory going next? And let me go, go there. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit HistoryMakersAcademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV, or download our History Makers Society app today.